Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley, or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 174 of the Restoring Report podcast. We're super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family essential goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today, Landon is back on the show after having recently become a father. We're super excited to hear about his his journey there. Uh, we are going to be reviewing Matthew chapter five. But before we get into that, Landon, how how is how is being a father and how's that experience been? Tell us about the hospital and bringing your your new son home um and and just all that good stuff it's it's been amazing um you know the the feeling that you experience watching your son being born is like i can't even describe it with words um i just started bawling crying blubbering like a baby and yeah you know you just uh i saw not only a switch flip in me when it came to you know my intentions for the rest of my life but also for my wife uh yeah. you know watching her take care of this baby in a way that is just so like natural and she looks yeah. like she's been doing it forever is wow. uh it's really cool for sure man i guys i've been waiting for a long time to have a a permanent somebody who can be constantly available and who's my age and and married young who's also a father on the show. That's been a long time we've been waiting for. You guys now have the perspective of a father who's who's on the show, you know, every week. And um we did lose the perspective of the single guys with Landon and I both being married now. That's not really you don't get that. We have been single before, so we know we know what it was like at least at the time we were single. Um but as far as being currently single and what it's like now, we're not exactly sure. We lost that perspective, but we gained a husband and a father perspective, so now you've got both of those, and uh, we're just super excited to to be coming at you guys today with a, a kind of what would be a reading of scripture, but also a, a study of the words of Jesus here. This is one of the most famous teachings of, of Jesus on the earth. Uh, we're going to be going through Matthew 5. It's the Sermon on the Mount where, where Jesus goes through the Beatitudes and discusses all the things of people, all the, all the, all the virtues that we need to exhibit and all the blessings that we have when we exhibit those 
And I'm uh, just really excited to go through this first. I've been listening to a lot of John Mark Comer recently. For those of you who have never heard of him, go back and check out the last episode, episode 173. We do a review of him and Dr. Nancy Piercy um, on the sexual revolution. He's a really a great pastor uh, out of the Portland, Oregon area. One of the one of the only pastors that I'm actually listening to on a regular basis right now. He's just an exceptional teacher. Um, go listen to him if you're, if you're interested. Um, but we're going to be going through Matthew 5 today, as I said. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and start. We'll read a couple verses. Landon and I are going to pause and interact and, and discuss what Jesus is talking about. But when I actually, it was, it was so cool. When Landon and I sat down to do this episode, he told me like, as I suggested Matthew 5, that he was actually already planning to do a teaching on Matthew 5 this very week um, for his church. So it was a real cool coincidence there. So I think that's definitely a a providential green light for, for this episode. So we should go ahead and hop right into it now. Again, we are talking about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Um, so let's go ahead and hop right into it. In verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and began teaching them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. That's a very, I want to stop there because I just had the thought. Um, as we go through these, it was kind of reminding me of the Ecclesiastes, where it, where it talks about um, there being a time for everything, mourning and rejoicing and, um, you know, weeping, but also laughing, and just everything you can possibly imagine, even polar opposites. There's a time for both of those. And here he's going through saying, blessed are those who mourn, but also blessed are the gentle, blessed are the pure in heart, peacemakers, and merciful. All those things aren't really necessarily necessarily related, and, and mourning you don't think of as a virtue, but it that's, I think, showing Jesus's heart for restoration here to people who have been broken um, by sin and the effects of others on their life and, and broken relationships and just all sorts of things. Mourning is, an, is a natural part of life, and it's something that we're all going to go through. Grief is, uh, and we have, we have the blessing of Jesus in that, in that time. And uh, also the promise that they will be comforted, which is also a really um, just a good, good attitude to have, you know. Um, but, Landon, what do you think of those, those first three so far? Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, uh, and blessed are the gentle. Yeah, so um, I went back and looked for a little bit of like a basic background of what scholars had thought about this passage. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, for those of you who don't know, this is one of the earliest, um, you know, ministry. This is one of the earliest sermons in Jesus's ministry after being baptized by John. Um, mm -hmm. And and a lot of scholars will refer to these this sermon as the ethics of the kingdom. So um, mm. if you if you look at that kind of the same way that we would look at uh, the Constitution in our country. This yeah. is him laying the groundwork of what his kingdom will look like here on Earth. Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 
$3 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you when you hear this, it sounds more like a call to action than a sermon and a teaching. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yes, he's telling you that these people are blessed, but he's also telling you this is what you need to do to be blessed. So mm-hmm. when you hear these first few things, what strikes my ear is the first three that we just talked about. Uh, those are not something that you would see as virtuous back in right. the day. Exactly. That's exactly um, what I thought. Poor, yeah. You have poor in spirit. So that that's someone who is very humble. They don't think of themselves very highly. Um, meek, you know, gentle, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, yeah. mourning, having somebody who is in mourning. That, yeah. that these aren't these are not things that people are looking at and saying, wow, that's a strong person. That's, yeah. a, you know, virtuous person. Um, but Jesus is telling us that he's going to be flipping the whole world upside down. He's going to be showing us that these people who are a little bit more, um, people who are a little bit less arrogant, people who aren't, yeah. um, people who aren't violent, those are going to be the people who are going to inherit the kingdom of heaven and inherit the right. earth. I love that, and I I like how you pointed out that they those things aren't considered and weren't considered virtues back then, but certainly aren't considered right. virtues now. Think about all the as men in particular. Uh, I think we get a little power hungry a lot of the times. We like to be the top dog. We like to be the somebody in control, somebody who's untouchable in any negative way. Um, very antithetical to what Jesus is saying here. Poor in spirit, mourning gentle. Those are not very, um, a lot of the times I think guys are tempted to be more uh, powerful and uh, again, untouchable, invulnerable, immune. Um, Very, very different from the picture Jesus is painting here. Kind of like what Lena said, the kingdom is kind of like a a reverse, a flip side of what often we do in the world today. Gentleness is something that is a a virtue in the kingdom. Um, Being Comforted in mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. Being able to be hurt. Being vulnerable. Those are virtues in the kingdom. Being poor in spirit. Being meek. Being humble. uh, Virtues in the spirit compared to being confident and prideful and arrogant. Um, And again, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything against being confident. And we're not. I think it's good to be confident. And there is things that that there are virtues in that as well. But we need to. These are the words of Jesus here. So whenever you you see Jesus speaking in Scripture, as believers, it's our job to take that very seriously because. Again, I just listened to a John Mark teaching, a John Mark Comer teaching, and he, he said something that smacked me straight between the eyes. And I don't know if you guys have had this same experience, but a lot of there are a lot of passages in Scripture where Jesus will say something that's very affronting and that probably goes against your worldview, and you might even originally like think you disagree with it, but then you have to remind yourself, this is our Lord and Savior speaking. This is God in the flesh. So I mean, I've got to measure my standard of morality against what He says, and I've, I need to ask myself, what's the ultimate? standard of morality. Is it what I think, my perception of reality, or is it what Jesus, the creator of the world, said? So, again, well, I, I and, think uh, we need... To, yeah, go one ahead. One of the things you were talking about is, like, you know, confidence. We we have, we are supposed to be confident, but not within ourselves. Right. But our confidence does not come from us. It's not from our own doing. It's not from what we mm-hmm. are capable of. Our confidence is supposed to come from the Lord. 
So we are right. humble. We are humble in our own spirit and exorbitantly confident in God's power. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, you know, it's those those are wonderful things to have because confidence in God's power communicates trust. Right. If we trust God, we can be confident in. Uh, his ability to back us, we can be confident in his ability to look out for his own, um, and those are just those are good things. But moving on to verse six here, let me share my screen for those of you who are subscribed. You'll be able to read along with us and see this. It says here, let's see, wrong window. It says, um, let me share it right here. Um, something I want you guys to also keep in mind here as we're watching. Wrong window again. <laughs> um, something I want you guys to keep in mind here as we're reading this is. Um, we really need to take, I believe all scripture is God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. But when you see red text, that is particularly mm-hmm. important because that's the words of our, that's the words of God himself, right? Um, and, you know, God speaks all throughout scripture and he inspires people and all that is valid and all that's good. But the words of Jesus, Jesus wasn't just another man on this show. We don't teach he was another amazing teacher or another prophet. As believers, we believe he is the Christ, the Son of God, exactly who he said he was, um, God in the flesh. So it's it's very important when we see red text. That's what I want you guys to get out of this. Um, and again, Jesus is speaking all throughout this chapter. But moving on, it says in verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Again, with reference back to verse 4, blessed are those who mourn and blessed are those who hunger. Both of those are states of vulnerability. Both of, the, both of those are states where you actually find yourself in a position where you need something. In the first position, in verse 4, when you're mourning, you need comfort. In, the, in verse 6, when you are hungering and thirsting, you're in a position where you need nourishment from something else other than yourself. These are virtues in the kingdom. A lot of times what happens in modern culture is we get obsessed and, and we idealize and idolize independence. And we think that it's incredible to not need anything or anybody other than ourselves. And that is very antithetical to Scripture. In Jesus, Scripture says we live and move and have our being. We can't even do—we can't function. We, we wouldn't exist— right? The creation itself would not exist without God. And I think it's very important for us to recognize that dependence is a virtue in the kingdom. Dependence on good things, one another, and Jesus Christ are are good things in the kingdom. So blessed are those who hunger, blessed are those who thirst, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those, in other words, who need. Uh, Very powerful verses. Uh, Landon, any thoughts on that, on, on how dependence is kind of a virtue in the kingdom? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we can go to the, um, you know the motives of the people who are following Jesus here um if if you want to touch on that so one of the things that strikes me is uh historically when we look back at what people were expecting um when they were expecting the messiah hi guys this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question um we we see a lot of verses in the Old Testament about, um, you know, the Messiah coming, and we are told that he is going to be a fair judge, that's in Isaiah chapter 11, um, and that he would bring peace to Israel. So the only way the Israelites had ever had a fair judge or peace in Israel is through a strong military leader in the past. You had Moses who led battles, you had Joshua who was a great military leader, Saul and David also great, Um, and what they're expecting here is for jesus to come in on a white horse and be preparing everyone for a large military uprising right so 
imagine you're sitting there uh, expecting a military leader, and then the leader begins his sermon by encouraging people to be humble, gentle, right. merciful, and peacemakers. Right. I mean, that like you're you're sitting there listening to this guy, and he's like, you're expecting him to come out and give us a hoorah, you know, get us pumped. And he's like, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, yeah. blessed are the thirsty. Yeah blessed are those who are mourning and yeah. it's like you know th- this is not the usual pep talk that you're getting right. before going into exactly. battle um, yeah. so you know every line of the beatitudes which is the uh, word that they use for these blessed are the blessed are the blessed are um, that every line of the beatitudes is you know making the listener question everything they thought about the messiah yeah yeah so certainly true. I mean, um, Jesus has a way of, and I, I any any believer will tell you this, but Jesus has a way of, uh, you know, as good as as well rounded as you think your worldview is, as right as you think you are, uh, he's got a way of, you know, cracking some, knocking some holes in, you know, whatever worldview you had, and and re reshaping how you view things. Uh, these people, like Landon said, were, were expecting a large military incursion into their enemy at the time, which was Rome. And instead, what they got was somebody who came and promoted service to your neighbor, not only your neighbor, but your enemy. So, I mean, these things are, you, they just got totally slapped around when it came to what they thought with their worldview. And again, that's what Jesus does for, I would, I would argue, every believer. Once you think you um, have it all figured out, I'd say you're in for a, kind of a rude awakening uh, when it comes to, you know, you, you'll get a revelation that suddenly turns on its head your worldview. And, and everybody, and everybody, regardless of what your denomination or your um, worldview, if you're a believer, you have these verses that Jesus says directly that are troubling to your worldview. Everybody has them. Uh, there are texts where Jesus talks about, for example, some of the ones where I'll just be vulnerable with you guys here. Some of the ones that Jesus really challenges me on are the verses where uh, he talks about um, people who profess him as Lord, but he he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Or where he ta- talks to people and says, um, you know, I don't, you know throw throw food to dogs and and he he it sounds really condescending when you do a you know an a surface level read or what about where he addresses peter and he calls him satan these are for me these are challenging verses um but again if you had a different worldview than me and those weren't challenging verses for you there would always be something there would always be something jesus said that challenged your worldview and that you didn't understand uh, and things like that so um my point is you can have a good worldview. It's good to develop a good worldview, but I think we should always uh, realize that there, there's always more for us to learn, well, and we don't have it all figured out. And I think that that should encourage us to reach out to people with different worldviews. Um, you know, yeah. I've never thought about those passages in the way that you seem to be thinking about yeah. them—the ones that you yeah. uh, just recited. Um, so you know that, and I'm sure there are passages that may have struck me a certain way that haven't struck you yeah. a certain way, and that you would be exactly. able to break down in a different way than I would be able to. And uh, yeah, you know, without that, we're just kind of stuck in this loop of our own understanding. And nowadays, we have such a vast um, resource pool yeah. that you know, I I don't have to sit and read just out of one Bible that's in the temple and nobody yeah. else has a print. I have, right. you know, you can, you can see I have a bit of a problem here. Um, 
with how books. many Bibles I have. <laughs> and and yeah. like, this whole shelf is just Bibles, and then from here is also just Bibles. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a problem, but at the same time, there, there are so many good resources. I just found this one yesterday. A to Z resources of where to find it in the Bible. Mm, that's good. And, yeah. and it's literally just like a dictionary. You've got materialism, justification, gold. Con- like, it's nonstop. You've got so many things in there. Um, we've got a Bible dictionary, a Bible verse finder. Um, you know, there's yeah. we have so many resources that reaching out to people who have different worldviews, reaching out to resources that maybe aren't the same as what you think. You yeah. know, these these are things that are going to make us better and make help us to yeah. understand what Jesus was truly saying. Yeah, that's good. Um, what what I what struck me about what Landa just said there is. Uh, when he said we don't live in a world where we only have our skills and our Bible interpretation and our personal Bible reading to formulate our worldview. We live in a worldview, a world where, like he said, you can actually consult teachers on these things. If you have a troubling verse that you're talking about, you need to go exploring um, and and find out where those things are discussed. I don't, I'm trying to look up the verse now where it's Paul talks about uh, the spiritual gifts of the, of the church being teachers, apostles, papists, pastors, prophets, and evangelists, and he wouldn't have listed teachers in there to me if uh, there was no point in teaching, right? It's not like you can hand people right. Bibles all day, but at, at some point you also have to have instruction in the Word, right? There's, These, there's Jesus did a big, like, I think there for a while, and this is just my own personal opinion, and, you know, yeah. but I think for a bit we, uh, as Christians, kind of... Um, neglected the teaching part and we focused yeah. so hard on the evangelism um, that's so and true. i feel like that happens a lot uh in churches you, you know you you get caught up in evangelizing but what happens is and this happens for all kinds of people um is yes you, you'll become evangelized but you don't know why and no one ever teaches you why and no one ever really teaches you what the next mm-hmm. step is in your faith walk. So true. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's a scary thing because as pastors, we, you know, they, they try to evangelize and we're, you know, it's a great thing to do. We're trying to get more people into the kingdom of heaven. But then we yeah. don't ever step in and help people by teaching them. Yeah. So true. I found the verse. It says, "When he ascended on high, he led ca- captive the cap. He led captive the captives, and he gave gifts to people." Now, this expression, "he ascended," what does it mean? Except he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended himself also ascended above into the heavens, so he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers. Um, and, and what sticks out to me there, Landon, is it's not just I think the evangelism front that has been emphasized, but also the pastoral gifting the word pastor itself i think is only mentioned that one that word is only mentioned one time in the bible and this is something i learned through frank viola but if you were to look at the spiritual giftings that people are operating in in the church today you would not guess that because basically all you are if you're in ministry is a pastor now that's it that's really the only option that the the church presents you when it comes to service it's really just pastors uh and uh you know worship pastors senior pastors, children's pastors, youth pastors, and there's really no... Think about those other roles. We have apostles, evangelists, teachers, 
prophets. All those things are are are, are uh, sk- skills and callings and spiritual giftings that we've been given and assignments. Even I would say. Um, so to emphasize one or the other, like Landon said, evangelism over discipleship or uh, pastoral gifting over teaching gifting. Um, those are things that I believe we can really get into error on. Um, and, and a resource I would recommend to you guys here when it comes to learning about those each individual gifts is the 1000 Houses podcast, the 1KH podcast by Jeremy Pryor. We've had Jeremy on the show many times, or actually just one time I was on his show and one time he was on this show. And uh, he's just a wonderful resource there. He knows so much about scripture and when it, what, it, what it means to disciple and to um train believers who are already in the faith, train believers who already believe Jesus is who he said he was. And he's just a wonderful resource there. He's not going to give you a cliche teaching on discipleship. He's going to give you some really well thought out original stuff. I would highly recommend that. So if you guys are interested, uh, be sure to check that out. But back to back to the to the Beatitudes. Uh, next up, Lena, we have blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God and blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In verse 11, he goes on, he says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way the, per- the persecuted in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's going to go on. That concludes the, the, the subheading of Sermon on the Mount, which I thought it was interesting, Landon, that you said it, was, it wasn't really structured so much as a sermon. Um, that's not how sermons are set up today. It was more of a teaching, like you said, more yeah. of a called. It was more of a thought-provoking exercise, really. Yeah, uh, it was turning on its head. You know, he's you go, being as honest as he can be about how this is going to go. And, and I think yeah. that... Without this being one of the first things that he talks about, it may have made people turn their heads a little bit sooner. Um, of yeah. Who is this guy? Is he actually um, the Messiah? There, yeah. there is no question at this point. You either believe him or you don't. And, and yeah. I think that that was kind of, you know, I, I, in my own head, that that's the intention. That's where he's going right. with this. And, um, you know, it seems like, well, we're going to make sure that this is done and, we're going to, um, you know, it seems like Jesus is trying to just get it out in front of everything and be like, hey, yeah, this is how this is going to go for me. This is how I expect my followers to act. Yeah, very good. Very true. Guys, verse 9, I'll, I'll throw out another hearing that, a thing here that's a, it's a huge personal challenge to me um, um, and something that I've been learning recently. Uh, you know, the hard way, sometimes, sometimes the easy way. But in verse 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, if you're a subscriber, uh, you can read along with us here. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Um, and I tend to read that as somebody who's very conflict avoidant and a people pleaser as, wow, I'm doing great because I'm making peace. And if somebody <laughs> throws something at me, I just say, it's all right, man, do whatever you want. And that's that's not necessarily true. That can be out of balance because I think when Jesus is saying peacemakers here, just because you're a people pleaser, just because you're somebody who's conflict avoidant, doesn't mean that you're making peace. Sometimes mm-hmm. making peace means having hard, difficult conversations um, so that you have a better tomorrow. You know, it, right. it, it's not you know, con- as Jordan Peterson would say, conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. And just because you're not mm-hmm. having the hard conversation doesn't mean you're making peace. It means you're putting off a problem that's going to grow and fester until it becomes becomes something big. So that's a challenge here that I would I would I would give to you guys uh, being a peacemaker is not somebody is not being unwilling to take a fight it's not being unwilling to uh, enter into conflict but what it is what it is being is somebody who's 
called to restore that that Genesis one shalom to the earth that God originally created, that peace of God, that that shalom, um, that Shabbat shalom, uh, Jewish expression that is that is so beautiful. Um, it's restoring that, even if it means you know taking out your sword every once in a while, you know, even if it means engaging in a difficult conversation with somebody you love every once in a while, even if it means working out a problem that's really going to hurt you uh, every once in a while. It's not just avoiding uh, conflict and, 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 you know, fighting. It's, 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 uh, it's, in a sense, it's working through difficult things in order to um, have a peaceful tomorrow is, is how I would read that. So that's something I would challenge you guys to do. I think there is another side to it of being somebody who, you know, decreases anxiety and hard situations, somebody who um, creates a peaceful atmosphere, even in the midst of difficulty. Um, but I think there's, there's, it's two-sided there. I think it's being willing to, to do hard things uh, in the preservation of peace. And I think it's also, you know, making sure that that, that peace is, you know, there present in your in your life so very very cool verse to end on guys thank you so much for listening today we're going to go ahead and kind of wrap up this review uh and then soon in the future i want to do an episode of one of our where we land and i have our wives on and we talk about uh, postpartum depression and the devaluation or d um what's the word just the lack of appreciation for motherhood today that's that seems to be going through the world the daily wire recently put out an article on that and i'd like to review that with our spouses on the show but uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that for you guys soon. Um, thank you so much for listening today. It's been awesome to have Landon back on the show. And, and he's a father now, so you, we, we now have the perspective of a dad on the show. It's really great to have. Um, if you guys enjoyed this, the content in this episode, reach out and let us know what you thought. Uh, through the link in the show notes, you can send us a personalized audio voice message, giving us your reaction to the words of Jesus here, giving us any thoughts you had on the episode at all. Um, leave us a written a rating and a review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen. And follow the show on Facebook and Instagram if you're interested in the content we post there. So thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time.